Amen. We really are excited about what God's doing in, 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 in this place and in our lives and in your homes. And God's up to something amazing. And uh, if you just showed up, welcome to the party. Amen. And uh, we're glad you're here today. And it's going to be an amazing weekend. And, uh, uh, and the weekend's going to just get filled with all different kinds of moments. You know, you're going to have all kinds of moments this weekend. And actually, they, 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 it's already started, you know, uh, but you're going to have moments where you, you can rise or you're going to have moments where you can, you know, kind of sink in a little bit. Please choose the rising part. Uh, let's do life, and let's do life better than we've ever done it before, right? Let's do life better. Don't, don't use God and your relationship with God as an excuse to live as low as you can. Well, yeah, but God's, God's a lover, and, and he operates in forgiveness, and, 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 uh, you know, and, and, and he'll let me get away with it. Why, why live life you know, is, is close to the line? Let's see what I can get away with. That's, that's the wrong way to use the power that God wants to pour into your life. You know, Jesus came, and, 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 uh, and he, he didn't lower the standard. He raised the bar. And, and a lot of times I think we forget that. You know, Jesus said, hey, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And, and you know, sometimes it's that difficulty part that we, we don't like. We don't want any difficulties, but uh, we, we want life to be easy. And we want life, we just want nothing but a party. And, and, but the, the problem is, is that life's not always like that. Life comes with some challenges. And God wants to infuse you like, like he did, you know, like, so you could say, like the writer did, that, hey, I'm ready for an equal to anything that comes my way through Christ. Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. And it's not, a, it's not the ability to get away with stuff. It's the ability to get on top of stuff. It's the ability to, to rise up in, in the midst of a, of a hellacious situation, but still live a life that demonstrates Satan's defeat. I mean, when you get out of bed, it ought to be a humiliation to hell every single day of your life. That, you know, that, 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 that demons get nervous when you start stirring. Because you're gonna you're gonna carry light, right? You're gonna carry light, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go out, and you're gonna you're gonna make a difference in the world. But in order to make a difference in the world, you gotta you gotta be letting God make a difference in you, right? We we gotta we, if we want to change the whole world, we gotta start with ourselves. And Jesus came and he started teaching his guys, uh, you know, what it was like to live Zoe life, Z-O-E, Zoe. That's the Greek word for life. In John 10, uh, when he said, you know, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance, life to the full, life till it's overflowing. It's life as God has it. It's not a different level of life. It's a different life altogether. Because if you had chaos and then you'd come to Jesus and all you get is another level of chaos, you know, it, that, that's not the deal. He, he wants to give you more life than death. See, his way of life, there's more hope than sorrow. There's more peace than, than chaos. There's more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. There's more, come on, somebody. You know, this God life thing, it, it's an awesome thing, but it's not, a, it's not an easy thing. He said it's difficult because, because you, you, you know, you, you lived a different way, and now, now you're having to have a transformation in the way you think. And he, and he started teaching his guys how, how to think like God thinks. And in Isaiah, when he said, my, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, it wasn't a put down, it was an invitation up. And, and he said, you know, uh, uh, my, my way of doing life, this end result that, that I can produce in your life is, is just amazing. And, and, you know, there's some things that we know, but sometimes in life, and, and life can just get crazy, can't it? You know, there's, a, there's you know, the pace uh, you know, one of the reasons I love corporate worship is because they put the words on the screen. And, and, and you know, for me, sometimes during, during the worship, and those are the words that I forgot to say this week. 
you know, but, but, those are, but I really mean them. I mean, that, that really describes, you know, that, that's great, great verbiage, but, uh, but I kind of got busy and forgot it. And, and that's the emotion, you know, when the Spirit of God's moving, that's what, uh, you know, I meant to, that's how I wanted to feel this week, but I got kind of swept away with other stuff. And, and, and it elevates, elevates us, doesn't it? It's kind of easy to be victorious in this room. Come on, somebody. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can be facing the, 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 the hardest of life difficulties, but yet you get in here and the Spirit of God starts moving. My God, you know, I, I, I can, you know, run through a wall or run through a troop and leap over the wall. I got what it takes. And I forgot to live that way, though. And so I, so I, I like this environment because it kind of reminds us of things that we already know. And, and, and we know some stuff. We know that, that, you know, that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, and per- perseverance, when it's finished its work, it will cause us to arrive at the end that God declared at our beginning. It's going to bring us to a place that no, we know that. We just kind of forget it, right? Why? Well, because we have these moments that, that kind of rip from our grip everything that we try to take a hold of. You know, we know, the Bible says we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. We know that, but sometimes in the, you know, in the, in the press of life, we, it kind of slips a little bit. And, and we know that, you, you know, man, when, when he said, hey, here's all you got to do, just be perfect. <laughs> yeah, like one of us is going to pull that off. Be perfect. But uh, even as God's perfect, but we understand, though, that that word perfect doesn't mean without flaw. It just means to be delivered to the end that was defined. And, and, and you know, God's taking you someplace, and you're going to look back. You're going to look back, and you're going to realize that was perfect. Man, the things I've been through, the, the, the struggles, the challenges, but they all work together. I'm actually stronger. You know, my life is be- God's made my life better. It's perfect. You know, in the middle of it, it don't seem perfect. Matter of fact, we're going to perfect. You got to deal with that again. Here comes that issue. Here's that lesson. Here's, here's that struggle. But at the end, man, if we could just let God get us to the end, if we could focus on the end and let him direct the way instead of us hyper-focusing on the way and screwing up the end, you know, well, it seems to me this is the way this should happen. Yeah, but Proverbs fourteen twelve says there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is really messed up. Well, let God... Let God define the end and let him direct the way. You focus on the end and he'll deliver you there. He'll get you there. We just got to walk with him, and we gotta, but we got to do it his way. Huh? We have to do it his way. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, which is his way of doing right and his way of being right. Seek that and all this stuff that's got you all messed up. He said, I'll, I'll be adding to you. Isn't it crazy? That it, it, it's, it, I like what Ecclesiastes said. He said, it's the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly that has us out trying so hard to, and working and doing, you know, the, you know some, some people, they, they work three or four jobs and, and trying to accumulate all the stuff that God said he would bring you. Well, if we really trusted God, we wouldn't have to go get it. We could just obey him and let him bring it. You know, but, but we get all caught up, and, 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 and we can't help it, it seems like. It seems like we can't help it because, uh, you know, we are who we are, and what are we supposed to do about that? It, well, how about change? Look at your neighbor and say, he is talking directly to you. <laughs> you know, all, all we got to do is change. All we got to do is grow, Right? That's what, we show up to grow up. Well, let's do that. Let's let God change us. Uh, you, you know, because uh, if we could be a little bit more intentional in, in the way that we do life, we could have a lot better outcome. 
you, you know, if you know the outcome you want, the end result you want, then you know the characteristics that are required to, to sustain that outcome. And if you know the characteristics, then you know that all the character is is the product of the habit. So you, if you know the character that you have to possess to tie you to the end that you want, all you got to do is, is build that character, and that character is built through habit. So all I got to do is create those habits. And all the habit is is an action that's performed consistently so I can get to where I do it without thought. Where when life happens, I'm not, I don't lose track anymore because I, I focus on that habit. And all that habit is is the result of actions that are consistently performed. And those actions are, are the result of choices that I make because I make a choice and that choice leads to an action. So if I can consistently make the right choice, I'll have the right habit. And if I have the right habit, I'll have the right character. If I have the right character, I'll have the right result. So, so in order to make the right choices, then I have to have the right emotions because my choices are made out of emotions. So I have to, I have to guard my heart according to what, what the Bible says. I have to guard my I have to be careful how I feel because the way I feel about things determines the way I'm going to make a decision about that thing. So I need to make sure I'm feeling right so I'll choose right. In order to feel right, I have to think right because my feelings are the process of my mind and my thoughts. So if you'd like to feel better about something, you've got to start thinking better about something. And a lot of times we think poorly about things and people and places. Well, and the reason we do, though, is because we had a moment when uh, we were not real happy with that thing, that place, or that person. And that moment, you know, marked us. And now every time we look at it, you know, that's, that's, that's how we feel because of the way that we thought. We thought about that moment. So you, sociologists say that everything in your life, from your identity to how, how you see yourself and the way that you're building your future, can every, every bit of it can be traced back to one of four to six moments, life-defining moments that, you, that you've encountered in life. That everything about you, the way you build your future, the way you feel about yourself, your identity, is all, it can all be traced back to a moment, four to six defining moments in your life. And here's the thing that's crazy about this is that uh, defining moments, a lot of us are under the impression that we don't have any control over those moments. That those moments... Those moments, uh, you know, they just happen, and it's not our fault, and there's nothing we can do about it. But, but I, I know people that, that, that really have no victory in their life because of a moment in junior high. There was, a, you know, in junior high, there was these people, and we really wanted to be friends, but they, they treated us poorly. They were abusive. They, 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 they were hurtful to us. And, and, and the problem is, is that you're 61 years old now. And, and a moment in... in Hello, somebody. But that moment has defined everything, and, 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 it's, and it's kind of, it's like, that messed me up, and I couldn't control it. Well, see, you can't control the moment itself, uh, but you can control whether it dominates you or not. See, uh, see, a lot of us are waiting for something really awesome to happen instead of, well, creating something really awesome and making that a life-defining moment. The great moments of your life is, you know, what's hard about them is the great moments of your life are kind of like liquid, you know, and, 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 and it pours out and you have it in your hand and, and it's hard to contain because it, you know, it's, it's leaving and, and then life happens and you reach for something else and, and it's not long till, till it's gone, that, that good moment. But the, but, but the deal with a bad moment is the bad moments are kind of like Velcro, and, and they, it, you know, it sticks to you. You know what I'm saying? It's like peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. You can't, can't get it off. And something's thrown at you. You can't help it, but it just sticks, right? Don't worry. They, they have Velcro pads. If they had mitts, we'd all be nervous, but they have pads. And so this is a lot better for them. And, and, and so, you know, something happens and, you ha- and a moment comes up in life and somebody says something to you and 
boom, it sticks. Yeah, <laughs> pay attention. You're just having fun down there. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and, and the moment sticks, and, and you know, it, it's, it's with you. It's with you. You know, it's kind of hard to, to get a grip on it and get it off, you know, because it takes a lot. Where the good moments, the good moments, you know, the, hey, it's fleeting. Why did it go away? Well, because somebody threw something else at you, and, and you know, and, and they, they took the promotion, and it went to somebody else. It should have been yours, but you didn't get it. So from now on, Every time you know, you're moving towards that, that's in, in, in the memory bank of your life because you're building your life off of a moment because everything in your life is built off of four to six major moments. Go ahead. You know, uh, we take the family to Hawaii. It's really kind of funny. We take the family to Hawaii. How can you have a bad time in Hawaii? I mean, Hawaii is Hawaii. I mean, it is awesome. It is amazing. It is beautiful. And, and, and then you go to a stupid luau. You could have stuck right there. See, once again, you are not with me. Okay. And, and, you know, it's windy and it's raining, and so they move you indoors, and you don't get the outdoor experience. And what's funny is, is that when we're talking about our vacation, about our time, a lot of times, that's the moment that comes up. Why? Because we are messed up. We are, we are, we are messed up. And, and step up here, Todd. I mean, your life is so busy, and, 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 and unfortunately, you know, we don't catch every negative moment with our fist. Sometimes, you know, it's almost like you got a Velcro suit on, and the thing's stuck back here, somebody, because they don't, they, you know, they don't often hit you in the front, bro, but they take you from the back. When they, when they should have been loyal, when they should have supported you, and, and boom, and, 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 but they stabbed you instead, Right? and it's in the back. Or what's even worse are the moments when it wasn't what somebody did to you, but it's something you did. And, and now it's marked you because, oh, show them, it's on there. It ain't coming off, right? And, and you, spent, you spent your whole life trying to build a life of honor and integrity, but there's that one moment when, when you cracked a little bit and, and, and you, you just flat out told a lie. And so they, for the rest of your life, have labeled you the liar. When you are a person of integrity, you really are a person that cares, and, and, and you, you, you want to be loyal, but there was that one moment, and it just happened. You regret it, but now they, they, they see you as the betrayer. And to be honest, you can't argue because you betrayed. And if you're not careful, those are the moments that you're going to build your future on. Because you don't realize that I don't have to accept that moment as a defining moment. That was just a bad moment. That's, that's not a defining moment. See, people, pe people don't often remember your good moments. All you got to do, all you really got to do is have like one bad one. And the matter of fact, I really believe that people are honestly going to remember you for the last stupid thing you ever did. You, give Todd a hand. He's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea how many hours of practice they put in for this. Uh, there have been times... Uh, 
you, you know what's crazy is that you, you'll do all the right things. And sometimes you'll do one thing, or, and you might not even be a part of it. You know, in church life, in church life, isn't it crazy? You know, Shelby and I, Shelby and I have given away three or four cars to people who no longer attend church here. Now, they, they did then, and they had this need, and they had babies, and they had no space, and we gave them a car, our car. And then one of you guys had a bad moment, because it wasn't me. <laughs> I just don't have bad moments. And, and, and uh, you know, if somebody said something, somebody did something, they're gone. They drove off in the car I gave them. They don't remember what we've done for them. And, and you know what? You know what? You, some of y'all, we got to tell you fast because this might be the last time we see you. <laughs> you know, so uh, some of you, we, we carry those moments for years. And for years, people have been blessing you, speaking life into you, trying to help you for years. And then you'll have a bad moment. You don't remember any of that good stuff. Why? Because of a moment that was in your life. This broken you and the way you see you. And so now you just know that all other people are broken too. And that if you put any faith in them, you know what? I tried loving people one time and you know what happened? I got wounded. I don't remember all the love that's ever been poured out. I just remember the times I've been wounded. And, and, and we've trained ourselves to build a life off of bad moments instead of creating good moments and saying, I'm gonna build a life that's filled with life and vision and hope, and I know that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, and I know that there's, you know, in this world there's going to be tribulation, but bless God, you, you know what? Those first seven marriages, they, they were built on wounds and hurts, but I've just launched into the eighth one, and, and I am ma making a determination today that from this day forward, we're going to define the moment that defines us instead of allowing other moments to be our definition. If you don't decide what moment defines you, then the moments will decide because you've, you actually did decide it. You decided to let some weird moment be in control. See, you've been given dominion. You have the ability and the authority to decide what's going to happen and how am I going to build. Or you can be submissive and surrender. And you can just let whatever moment, whatever moment define you. And you can live almost like a victim. You go through life as a victim, even though you swear to God that you don't have a victim mentality. But you think, well, what, I had no control of it. That really happened. Just because it really happened doesn't mean it needs to define you. I, I know I'm talking to somebody today. I'm not even in my notes yet. And I know, I know, I know that there's people in this room that you've allowed bad moments to define you. you you've allowed hurt moments to, 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 to be the picture of your future. You've allowed setbacks and, and betrayal and wounds and hurts to be the picture that you have of the future. And I'm telling you, you know, lift up your eyes and look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Look, look, look into a Savior that's got your back, somebody who's paid a price to elevate you out of that miry spot and out of that wounded place and, and, and press in and make a decision. I, you know what? I, 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 can't, I, I can't wait for great moments to occur. I got to make some happen. I got to make some happen. And here's the deal is that the same, the same situation that could destroy you can also be the one that makes you strong. You know, and we think that the devil's messing. The devil's messing. No, the devil's just taking advantage. And, and, and he gets in the same situation that God would get into. But it's just he has a different intention than God does. 
And the enemy's intention is to bring temptation and, and to break you down and make you see the worst about yourself. But God's intention is to make you strong and make you realize that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, and that you really do have everything that you need to live a life that's absolutely awesome and pleasing to God, and that you can, you can, man, you can, you can defy all the weapons that were formed against you but they, because they can't destroy you, but you have to take control of the moment. You know, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. But the violent, they take it by force. See, you got to decide to be the force. Said you got to decide to be the force. Man, man, this power that God's, you know, quickened you with, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, is now operating on the inside of you. And you, you don't have to live like, well, case or sirrah. No, you can launch out and you can make some amazing things happen. And all you got to do is get God in your moment. You bring God, I'm telling you, you bring God into any moment, and it can go from a defining moment to a divine moment. We went to Mod Pizza. Yeah, woo! Yeah. That's how I felt when we were done, too. And, and, and uh, you know, we, we were, we, we, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a subway, but for pizza and you just keep piling on the stuff and it's the same price. I love that. And, you know, you walk out with a 32 pound pizza, $7.99. <laughs> God is good. Okay. And, and, and we're in there, but and there's a bunch of us, there's a bunch of us, but our, but our group has got split up because there's a couple of ladies that, that got in there, you know, that, well, Anyways, they're there, and then our other guys are over there, and we're talking over them and back and forth, and, and a couple of different times they looked at us like, you guys are crazy, and they're right, and, and, uh, and we're going down the line, and then they, they go around the corner, and, and they're, they're at the counter where they're going to pay the bill, and the lady begins to say it, says, you tell them what their bill is, and, and one of the ladies, you know, it's kind of loud, and we're, we're kind of loud, we, we, we have to be loud because it's so loud in there that in order to hear each other, we've got to be loud, and so she couldn't hear what, what they were saying, and she was a little agitated, and, and she said, What? And, and the lady tried to tell her again, and I said, hey, don't worry about it. I got theirs. And it got about just like that. <laughs> and they looked at me, and, and even the, it was cool, because even the lady at the cash register was, like, shocked. I said, it's not a problem. I got theirs. I'm buying theirs. I'm going to pay for theirs, put it on mine. Just let them go. And I'm thinking, and hurry up. You know, because that's me being nice, right? I'm, I'm, you know, and, and the lady just stands there, staring at me, her mouth open, literally open. And, and it's, it's, it's her, and, and she's, you know, she's, I don't know, she's 60, 65. She's got her mom with her, and, 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 they're, and, and, they're, and they're staring at me, and, 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 and they won't move on. And all I want is for them to move on. <laughs> you know, please, just Go. And because, uh, uh, you know, this is how I roll. And, and, and she looks at me and she goes, why would you do that? And I said, well, because I think Jesus told me to. She goes, I love Jesus. <laughs> I said, me too. He's my hero. I love Jesus. And she goes, that's it. And she started to walk, and she just stopped. She stood around thinking, oh, dear, Jesus. <laughs> you know, go sit down. I just can't, I just can't believe you did that. And, and her mom's sitting there and she, me either. And I'm like, what have I done? And, uh, 
uh, this is not the moment I was trying to create. Okay, let's go. And, 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 you know, and pretty soon, you know, she's telling me about her relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, that's cool. And, and I said, what church do you go to? And she goes, oh, it's a four-square church, and we do stuff out there. And, and, and you know, and, you know so they have this home thing, and, and they, it's so awesome. What church do you go to? I said, well, we're from out of town. Where are you from? <sighs> Kennewick. She says, no kidding. I used to live there. What church do you go to? I said, the garden. I love that. That's where I used to go. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, I love that place. I said, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's such a small world. I'm thinking, go sit down. Because in my mind, a big ball just hit your liar you know, that's what I'm thinking, because, you know, you would think, number one, that I might recognize you. But on the other hand, you might actually recognize me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking. She goes, man, just love it. And she told me stuff about the church, this one. And, uh, and finally, finally they left, and I had a moment of praise. <laughs> and uh, they're sitting down eating, and I, as I walked by their table, she grabbed me. I still can't believe you did this. I said, well, believe it. <laughs> Just believe. You know. uh, it went on and on like that. And pretty soon she grabs me again and she's she says, oh, I just can't, this is just so awesome. And, and uh, she goes, I, this is just so awesome. Mom, mom's an atheist, but, uh, but, um, but you know, she, so she's, she's not, you know, don't worry about mom. But I got to talk to you because my son-in-law, my son-in-law, started a business in the Auburn area, and they do construction, and his worker was up uh, working above the drop ceiling, and there was a gas line up there that was leaking, and he created a spark, and the spark ignited the flame, and the flame uh, uh, engulfed him, and he fell off the ladder to the floor, to a cement floor, and my son was standing there trying to figure out what to do, and, and he reached a point that the man on the ground that was, that was burning was screaming at my son, please kill me, please kill me. And, and, and he couldn't do that, but he got the fire out. But, 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 uh, uh, but, he, but he, he experienced some trauma in, in, in that moment. And, and uh, he, he got to the point where he, he, he went for two or three months without sleep. And, and, and he became so weak, he's lost 75 or 80 pounds. And, and he turned to drugs. And now he's addicted to heroin and, and meth. And, and we're trying to get him into a room. But my daughter called me just an hour ago and said that if they got a room today, I don't think he'd go. What are we going to do? And she looked at me and she said, he's, he's, a, he's a walking dead man. I gathered some guys, and we said, hey, let's pray. And we began to pray, and God came into that moment. I'm telling you, God came into that moment. And there's, there's a, just a little spirit of boldness came on me, and, and she said, he, he's dying. I said, no, he's not. He's not going to die, but he's going to live and declare the goodness of his king. And we, we, and we, got, we, got, we got the name of, of the grandkids, and, and, and we're praying for them. We're going to have our kids over there pray for them. And, and got the number so that we could call her and check up, and she could call us and tell us when he's delivered and set free. And maybe we'll have him come share his story. You know, we'll create another moment. But at that moment, I'm telling you, we created a moment that God stepped into, and it became a divine moment. And, and, and she goes, what's your name? I said, Tom. What's your last name? Fields. You're the pastor. And I reached over and peeled that ball off that liar thing. (laughs) 
I said, that's great knowing you guys. And she said, yeah, you know, again, my mom's an atheist, but I just think God was here. And her mom said, not no more, I'm not. There ain't no way, there ain't no way this guy, yeah, I think that's a celebratory moment. <laughs> you can create a moment anywhere. Jesus did it. Uh, Jesus did it. Remember, in the Bible, it says it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And John is writing this, and he's, he, before he tells us what Jesus did, he wants to make sure we know why he did it. See, because in any moment, there's only one or two motivators. You're either going to be motivated by love or it's going to be hate. And you might not like the word hate, you know, but, but the deal is, is that there's only one or two motivators. You know, it's either going to be self or others. You know, it's either going to be to be a blessing or to suck the life out of somebody for yourself. You know, and, and John wanted us to know, man, he loved him. He loved him. They didn't deserve it, but he loved him to the end. Look what happens in the next verse. He said, that the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to, to betray Jesus. See, same moment, two different intentions. See, there's people that are engaged in the very same environment, the very same ingredients, but they have two different intentions, two different motivations. One's going to betray, and, and, but the other one's going to honor and Jesus, look what happens. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And I want you to know something, that this moment, you go study this out, you'll find that this moment is not like every other moment because you'd think, well, yeah, but he always had power because he's God and God has all the power. And Jesus was here. No, when Jesus came to earth as man, he had to empty himself of all power and all authority. And a lot of times, you know, we're like looking, what, looking at Jesus like what God looks like inside of a man. No, you need to look at Jesus and see what a man could look like who's connected with God. And, 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 but he reaches this moment and suddenly he realizes, hey, I got all power. He didn't have it up to that moment. When he, was, when he came, born of a virgin, he was a baby. He didn't have like this insane power that when he needed a diaper change, he just went, and boom, new diaper. No, he had to cry. He had to cry to get a change. He had to cry to get fed. He had to cry. Matter of fact, I promise you there are moments that Mary's going, stop crying. I mean, Jesus, stop crying. <laughs> he, he was dependent upon others just to keep him alive. He wasn't omnipresent. Where's Jesus? Oh, he's everywhere. No, he's not. He's right there. Matter of fact, there were times that they lost him. You ever read that story? They traveled three days, and finally, you know, hey, where's Jesus? I don't know. Thought you had him. I mean, can you imagine this? Explain this to God. God gives you his only son. Keep an eye on him. Where is he? Can't find him. I, th I thought you, he was your responsibility, Ron. Where, where's God? We lost God. Uh, where'd they find him? They had to go back to the last place they saw him. Some of you guys, that's a good word for you. you. Need to go back to the last place you encountered him. And quit walking off without him. Anyways, he knew he had power. Hey, let me tell you something. If you had all authority, if you had all the power, what would you do? Have you heard this statement, ultimate power, corrupts ultimately. Have you heard that? 
Ultimate power corrupts ultimately. That's not true. Power does not corrupt. Power reveals. See, a lot of you guys, you're really good right now because you don't have the power to be as mean as you want to be. Because if you had authority, you'd tell your boss a thing or two. But since you don't, hi. <laughs> See, ultimate power ultimately reveals. And it's the character that's in you that comes out. I mean, you're sitting at the table. Let me just, let me just be honest with you. If, if, if we're sitting at the table and I know you're going to betray me, and now I suddenly recognize I have all authority, <laughs> goodbye to you. Right? Because I'm going to kill you, raise you, kill you, raise you, kill you, raise you, kill you, raise you. Oh, I'm going to use this power. Jesus, sitting there, he's got all the power, and he knows that guy's here to betray. But I've been sent with a different intention. And look what he, look, look, look what he does. He gets up from the meal, takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist. Isn't it interesting that a lot of us think that God created man so that man would worship him, so that you could serve God. And if you, if you take that and actually think it through and think it all the way to an origin, and, and well, why would he do that? Well, because, you, you know, is God's self-image so low that he has to create an object that will worship him? All that power, all that wisdom, all that insight, all that ability, all that strength, all that greatness, God created an object he could pour it out for. Someone he could elevate, since he had the ability to elevate. And Jesus puts a towel on his waist, and at verse 5, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Began to wash their feet. And I'm going to tell you a little something about feet. Feet are gross. Okay? It's disgusting. They were disgusting then and they're disgusting now. Okay? We were going to do a foot washing service and said, nah. You know, but but here's, here's the deal. Is I think it's interesting that nobody else, see, because it's part of their custom. It's part of the custom and we're coming to a table and we're going to have this thing where somebody's going to wash feet, but the foot washer guy, he's not around. Jesus jumps up. He's got all power. Think about it. The first thing he does after he realizes that he has all power and all authority, the first thing he does is he puts a towel around his waist and starts serving. And their feet were worse than yours. You've had a couple of pedicures. They had that dirt and that grime and that filth and that junk and he's in there digging it out between their toes. He's doing it. I'm telling you, if Jesus does it, he's going to do a good job. And he's washing their feet. And at, in verse 6, he gets to Pete, and Pete says, you think you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus says to him in verse 7, look at this. Uh, you, you don't realize right now what I'm doing, but you, you'll get it in a minute. And, and verse 8, Peter says, you ain't ever. You shall, I love this. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. And in verse 9, 
he says, okay, then not just my feet. Isn't it funny how long his never lasted? <laughs> See, there's some things you told God, never. And, and basically, Jesus just tells him, hey, if you can't step over your shame, you're never going to walk in my grace. See, I know your feet are gross. I, I, see, some of you guys, some, some of you guys, I mean, you just think about a foot washing, and I'm not doing that. I'm not getting in there. Why? Because you're shamed. You're uncomfortable. Jesus said, you know what? There's a grace that's available to you, but you would have to get over that. Isn't it weird that nobody jumped up and said, hey, I got this, Jesus. I'll do that. Bartholomew, one of the guys in that room, in the Bible, he never did nothing. Why didn't he jump up and say, no, you're the teacher, man. You're the rabbi. You're, you, you are the Lord. We'll do this. Ain't nobody stepping up. Nobody's stepping up to take that job. Jesus, isn't that crazy? You want to know what's crazy to happen? Is I don't struggle knowing that God is wiser than me. He's, yeah, it's all wisdom. I don't struggle knowing that God is greater than I am. I don't struggle knowing that God is more, more powerful than I am, that he's more loving than I am, that he's more, you know, he's got, he's got all that stuff going. He's way, way, way more than any of us. I don't struggle there. You know what blows my mind, though, and I struggle with it, is that God is more humble than we are. Because things that are way beneath me have never been beneath him. He took on the lowest role, and that's why you can trust him with your life today. Because he'll get down to, 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 to the darkest, dirtiest places of your life, and, and his intention is not to humiliate you. His intention is to cleanse you. His intention is to free you. His intention is to elevate you. His intention is to bring you back life and bring you back hope and bring you back peace and bring you back vision and bring you back freedom and to bring you back health and to bring you back blessing. His intention is to make your life better. And if you, if you want to have the power of God and the wisdom of God and the, and the Word of God and the, the presence of God, you might start building the character of God. You really want to be God-like, wrap a towel around your waist and start serving people. And use your power to elevate others and step into a moment and make a decision. There's a good chance I could be betrayed right here. But I'm not going to use my power to hide from that. I'm not going to use my power to eliminate the threat. I'm going to use my power to serve and elevate others. I think that's what we should do. I think what we should do is we should make a decision that there's areas in my life that I've held back that's, that's off limits even to God. There's areas in our life where we, we've seen ourselves as above that. I, 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 you know, that's beneath me. We need to allow God to address those issues of our life. We need to bring our brokenness and our filth and let him cleanse us and free us so that he can empower us to go out into the world and do things for people that just flat don't deserve it. Because that is why God created us 
So he'd have someone to serve. He'd have someone to empower. He'd have someone to elevate. He'd have someone to love. He'd have so got this wisdom. I want to share this wisdom. What we need to do is get over ourselves and allow God to take over ourselves. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment, and we're going to pray a prayer. And if you're here today, and you say, you know what, I think there's areas in my life that I kind of had that attitude like Peter, you're not touching that. But today, I'm willing to surrender that mindset. I, I, I want God to come in to cleanse me. I want him to remove this stuff. I'm tired of lugging it around. I'm going to create a moment, a life-defining moment. I'm going to create a moment where life flows in and the darkness runs away. I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. Today I'm going to give every area of my life, even the areas that I've held back, I'm going to give those to God. Maybe you've never prayed, you know, this type of a prayer before. Maybe you've prayed it a hundred times, but the question today is, will you get real with God so God can get real with you? Will you make this your prayer? While no one's looking around, we won't have you stand or don't want to embarrass you, but, but just want to agree with you in prayer. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom? I'm making this prayer my prayer. I want you to hold your hand up real high just so I can see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. It's awesome. That's awesome. Kind of, kind of want to encourage you to let God be God today. Let God be God. Let Him rip away those negative moments that you built your life on. And start today. Don't wait for a great moment. Create a great moment. Invite God into it and have some divine moments. Redefine your life. So pray this with me today. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me new vision. Give me strength, Lord. I choose to live for you every day of my life. And it starts right now. I'll never be the same again. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody. Give God one more big round of applause.